Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Crimepedia and want to help support the show? You can do so by buying us a coffee through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Crimepedia. I am your host this week. My name is Morgan. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And with me, as always, is my true crime BFF. It is the lovely Cherry. Hello, Cherry. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> Monge too, my friend. Monge too. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great, but I've just realized you can tell it's getting to wintertime because normally when we talk, it's quite bright. But it's not at the moment. I need to stick some lights on because it's, it's actually quite dark here. So, yeah, it's it's turning lovely and lovely and autumnal and it's all comfy blanket season. This is my favorite time I, of year. I noticed it last week when we were finishing up recording how dark it was. It was really dark, wasn't it? Yeah. It's kind of depressing, isn't it? No, I love it. Well. Because by the end of the time no, we finish today, by the end of it, I'll literally just be eyes and teeth because it'll be dark and that's all you'll be able to see because that's what happened last week. My screen just got darker and darker and darker because the light switch is across the other side of the room. So, strange. Yeah. No. So, anything going on this week? Oh, so this week was a bit fun. I went out for cocktails this yeah. week. I went out for something Ooh, called a, bottom, a bottomless brunch. Oh, and they bring trouble. you a new cocktail every 15 minutes for two hours. And it's amazing. It's like the best thing I've done. It's, it's so much fun. It was really good. Oh, that's good. That's good. So did you, you have a good you... birthday? Yes, I did. Thank you. It was a lovely birthday. It was good fun. Oh, wonderful. And yours is coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah. At the, what, end of this week, I think. Yeah. I will be 29. <laughs> Plus a few years. Plus a few years. <laughs> No, it's going to be. I don't mind. I don't mind. I'll tell everyone the truth. I'll be 31. Yeah, you will. And thank you for all of my lovely <laughs> messages. I got lots of lovely messages on Instagram and Facebook. It's really kind of you all. So thank you very, very much. Very, very happy and very felt very loved. 
So thank you. And thank you also for the um, reviews that you guys have been leaving. If you're new to the show and you haven't left a review, we would love you to. It helps us stay up on the podcasting charts. So we really appreciate every review that we get. Obviously, if they're nice, that's a bonus. <laughs> Don't want anyone, any mm-hmm. nasty ones. Thank you. Um, that'd be really good. Every time we get a review, it helps us stay up in the charts. And we were up in, was it Latvia? Latvia, top 10. Oh, yeah, Latvia. Hello, Latvia. I know. Hello, everyone in Latvia. And thank you for listening. That really you're, made my day. That top beautiful. 10 in a oh, chart. Great. We was really happy. That's the first time ever, I think. I know. It's really good. I was really proud. I will, ta- I will take it. Yeah, definitely. So thank you, Latvia, for listening. We love you. So, Cherry, last week we started um, something new during a little intro where we we are talking about um, highlighting like a, a recent case that mm. uh, we want to draw attention to. So I do have one for you this week. It's um, it's actually a scary case. This is out of Chicago, Illinois, um, and it happened last week. It was on October 6th. Now, there was a 11-year-old girl in the, I believe it was the Washington Park area of Chicago, who was walking home from school when she was grabbed by a man and pulled into uh, a secluded alley. This was behind Indiana at uh, 62nd Street, Mm. where he um, uh, sexually assaulted and and appeared to have, uh, was trying to uh, rape the girl before she was able to um, kick him and run away. Good. Bless her. um, Luckily... She got away before anything really, really bad happened. I mean, regardless, it was still a sexual assault. Yeah. And she was able to provide police with a very good description of the man. Uh Um, She said that it was a uh, black man around the ages of 45 to 60. He was about 5'8 to 5'10. The offender was uh, was thin build, gray. He had gray hair, a mustache. Yeah, or goatee. He was wearing a black shirt with the right sl- sleeve ripped, black jeans with a silver belt buckle, and black work boots. Um, That's a really good description for a young girl in very a situation good. like that where she's terrified. She's done such yes. a good job. Bless her. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so if you are in the Chicago area, um, yeah, look out for that. This guy. is definitely a case that we need to get this guy off the streets and yeah thrown behind bars so if Mm. you have any information you are asked to call the police at 312-492-3810 so it's scary that that you know even in this day and age things like this still happen you know you it's you know you especially when you have a girl that's 11 you know you that by that age they kind of want to have their independence and they want to grow up and kind of feel like they can they can do things on their own but I mean, so scary. she should be able to walk out to there. school and, oh, yeah. and not, not be attacked. That's ridiculous. She should be able to be walking to school and be left alone. That's just horrific. Hopefully they get that guy off the streets before he does that to I'm anyone so, else. I am so glad that she had, uh, you know, the wit to like, to do yeah. whatever she could to get away. So Scary. Really, really scary. Bless her. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I guess... From her mom, she's since it's since the attack, she's had a really hard time sleeping. And yeah, I bet. I she mean, has. she still has to be completely terrified. Of course, yeah, it's traumatic. It's a hugely traumatic event in your life at eleven years old. Mm. And her mom and dad must be so angry and so you know 
so worried now to let her walk to school, which is a perfectly normal thing for a child to do, you know, to go to school like all the other kids. But you shouldn't have to be worried about stuff like that. It's just wrong. It's really bad. I hope they catch him. Yeah. Absolutely. He needs to be caught and mm. needs to be thrown into jail. Oh, bless her. So, yeah. There you go. All right. Well, with that, how about we hop into this week's case? Let's go. In October 2015, an 18-year-old girl would disappear under mysterious circumstances shortly after being a victim of a sexual assault. For nearly three years, she would remain a missing person until her body was discovered in a drainage pipe in a park located in West Little Rock, Arkansas. Her death has been ruled a homicide and remains unsolved to this day. This is Crimepedia, and this is The Mystery in Chalamont Park. All right, Cherry. Abby Jane Stepick was a compassionate, friendly, and generous 18-year-old girl from Little Rock, Arkansas. Born on March 31, 1997, Abby was the oldest of Lori Jernigan and Peter Stepick's two daughters. She was raised with strong ties to her family and had an especially close relationship with her mother. After her parents divorced when Ebby was in first grade, she would live with her mother and stepfather, Michael Jernigan, along with her older half-brother Trevor and sister Harris. Ebby was extremely creative and was very fond of photography and fashion. Along with her deep-rooted kindness and empathy, Ebby was fiercely independent. But while she was strong-willed, there was also boundaries that Ebby would never cross. She would often stay at home or be close to home. Ebby had always been more comfortable being at home rather than being at places like her friend's house. Okay. Ebby would give unconditional loyalty to those that she thought love and acceptance from. Because of this, she would often display immaturity when it came to reading people's true motives, often believing what people said over how they behaved. Loving so fiercely would often come at a price for Ebby. She had a hard time understanding why some people wouldn't love her back or be loyal to her. Ebby would often be hurt by those that she wished to love and grew up feeling lonely because of it. By the time Ebby had started high school, her independent streak began to develop into teenage rebellion. The summer before her senior year of high school, Ebby began to change. She got a, a job at a footlocker store in a Little Rock mall. She started meeting new people and began dating a boy she met through the job. That summer, she also decided to transfer from Lisa Academy, a small public charter school, to Central Little Rock, one of the largest public high schools in the area. Having gone to smaller private schools her entire life, this would be a drastic change for her. Very quickly after starting her senior year, family and friends would take notice of the influence her new peer group had over her. Ebby would be introduced to marijuana and would begin to talk about moving out on her own. Oh, no. Now, things actually reached a breaking point in September 2015 when Lori told Ebby that she could move out if she wished. But she warned Ebby that if she did move out, 
she would be on her own and couldn't move back in. All the responsibilities of living independently would fall onto Ebby's shoulders. Ebby would pack up her belongings and leave without a solid plan. Now, Ebby was counting on being able to move in with a friend without asking first. And when that fell through, she was left with all her belongings stuffed in the back of her car without a place to go. Now, she would eventually start splitting time between her grandparents and older brother Trevor's house, but would then eventually end up staying at the home of Danielle Westbrook, a close friend from Lisa Academy, in October 2015. Now, Danielle would come to believe that Ebby was struggling with something unknown by the time she had moved in. Ebby and Danielle would frequently leave the house late at night and go on long drives listening to music in order for Ebby to clear her mind. By this point, Ebby was also having trouble in school, often being truant and missing classes on multiple occasions. On the evening of Friday, October 23rd, 2015, Ebby would attend a house party. She would ask Danielle if she wanted to go with her, but Danielle would decline since she did not know the people who were going to be at the party. The following day, Ebby would contact her stepfather, Michael Jernigan, and asked that he go to the Little Rock police station with her. Ebby would tell Michael that she had been raped by four people at the party the night before, and that she believed that it had been recorded by cell phone. Oh, God. Ebby was determined to report their assault to law enforcement. Michael would agree to go with Ebby to the police station and to not immediately tell her mother. That's strange, isn't it? To not go to mum first. Because you'd think you'd kind mm-hmm. of go, with a, with a situation like that, you'd think you'd go mum first and then dad. I don't know the, of course, I don't know the exact reason, but I think by this point, like even though she was very close to her mother, I mm. think there was probably still some, I don't know if I, if resentment is the, is the, is the correct word, but I, I would assume that there's probably some sort of, um, um, the animosity between the, the two of them. Animosity towards between them, right? With okay. how Abby, the changes in Abby and her, yeah, you know, staying, you know, moving out, and yeah. mom basically saying you're going to be on your own, you know. Yeah. So, and I, I think it's that. And I, I think, I don't. That I mean, that would getting that news from from a child would be devastating, regardless yeah, of who absolutely. you are. Absolutely, absolutely. But maybe she thought that telling her stepfather might, you know, it might be a little easier. And then also, you know, there is just probably a little bit of more um, authority when it, maybe. you know, with from yeah. a, from the male. Maybe, maybe it's but it's tough to say. I, I you know, yeah. there's probably multiple things that, yeah. that would cause her to go to the stepfather rather than the, than mm. than Lori at, at this point. Yeah. Now. Ebby would also text uh, with a friend named Gage throughout that day, telling him about the assault and how she felt forced into the sexual encounter. She would express to him how devastated she felt by the assault and would tell him that she wanted to kill herself. Oh, no. Now, after spending most of the day at her grandparents' home, Ebby was to meet her stepfather after dinner. At around 8 p.m., Ebby would leave her grandparents' home but for reasons that are unclear, she would never meet up with Michael. After not showing up, both Michael and Lori attempted to reach Ebby by phone, but they got no response. 
Michael would suspect that Ebby had attempted to retrieve the video of her rape from one of her attackers. Now, also, according to phone records, two brief calls lasting about a minute each were placed to the Little Rock Police Department from Ebby's cell phone. However, the police department would state that they had no record of receiving a report for these calls. Phone records would also show that throughout the night, Ebby had sent text messages to several of the men that she claimed raped her, threatening to report them to the police. I'm curious about like these calls that she made to the to Little Rock Police Department. Yeah. If they're if they were two and they're under a minute each, it almost sounds like she called in. There's no way that that they would be able be able to give her take a report in like in less than a minute. No. So did she call in and then like changing her mind and hanging up and then Or the signal was bad and it it was they can't can't hear what she's saying properly. Mm -hmm. It's also interesting that there's there's absolutely no no record of these calls being made at all. Yeah. From the police department. If they can't hear, I guess. But I thought when you phone the police department, if your phone gets disconnected, don't they call you straight back? Call you right back. Yeah. 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 So there's no there's no records of that happening then. Yeah, and you would think there would at least be records of the incoming calls. Yeah. I mean, even if they don't take a report, there should still be some sort of record saying, yeah, we received a call from this this telephone yeah. number at this time. Because when I've listened to 911 calls before, sometimes if the caller has called and it's not, they can't hear the person or it's not placed properly, they call them straight mm-hmm. back and say, hi, did you call 911? Do you have an emergency? So I'm quite surprised that they didn't do that if the calls actually did connect. Yeah. Now, the other possibility is she. it's very possible that, that those calls weren't made to 911, but to like the non-emergency number. Maybe. Which yeah. usually goes directly to the police department. That's what I'm assuming she yeah, did. Yeah, maybe. Instead of calling 911, she might have called the, the police Their department. Their local police, directly. yeah. But I would still think that regardless, they would have some sort of record of incoming yeah. phone calls. Yeah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Strange. So, very, very strange. Now, the following day, Ebby would answer a call from her brother, Trevor, at around 2 p.m., Trevor would describe her as being disoriented during the call and asked when she, where she was. Ebby replied that she was parked outside his house before hanging up. When Trevor went outside to see Ebby, he found that there were no cars parked outside. After calling her back, Ebby would tell Trevor that she was messed up and inside her car, but didn't know where she was. She would once again tell Trevor that she was fucked up and she ended the call once again. This would be the last known contact that anyone had with Ebby. Oh, that's awful. 
Now, Lori and Michael would take the text messages that Michael had received from Ebby and went to the Little Rock police. But despite the allegations of rape and her apparent disoriented state, officers would tell Lori and Michael that they needed to wait 12 hours before reporting oh, no. her rape. No. This happens way too often. No, and it's, no, and no. This, every time we say this, it's always a different amount of time. And here's the thing. There's no law that says, okay, we can't take a, we cannot take a missing persons report until a certain time frame is met. This is an 18-year-old girl, and they're just basically saying, oh, come back in 12 hours. But the problem with this is, I've got a real problem with the the circumstances. You, you've you got an 18-year-old girl who has allegedly been raped. She's in a, in a serious downward spiral. She's not in a right frame of mind. They should take this. It doesn't matter whether she's an adult because she's 18. She's having traumatic experiences. The family are going to the police because they're worried. You know, all it yeah. takes is for them to allocate one police officer to take that, not even a police officer, but, you know, a member of staff to take all the details that they can and to take all, everything that they've got and to and to even just to issue a bolo for her, you know, even to just yeah. to do that, to, to, to issue a bolo for her car or for her. At least the parents have got some kind of peace of mind that they are on the lookout for her. Obviously, yes, she is an adult. She could have just gone off on her own. But th- the fact that this is very traumatic for her, I think that that deserves a level of a level of you know intervention purely because she's in a state. Yeah, no, you know, it's right. not like she's like a thirty-five-year-old woman who's just picked up her life and left. I know that when families phone, they're generally frantic and they say, "Look, you've got to leave it because it's an adult." They might have just walked away. There's no suspicious circumstances. They could have just gone off on their own. I get that. As mm-hmm. frustrating as it is, I understand because usually the person turns up the next day or within a couple of days. It's yeah. quite rare that they don't turn up. But in this situation, it's quite clear that something in this girl's life is is you know heading completely out of control and she needs some help yeah absolutely Mm. she's an 18 year old girl she Mm. just went through a traumatic situation she is obviously disoriented Mm. she's not in right so doesn't know where she is that's right yeah you she needs help that's right straight away and you go and you tell the family now you got to wait 12 more hours 12 i mean 12 hours is a bloody long time you think you know, statistics prove that the closer to things going wrong, that you can you can get people out there to try and do something about it. The more chance you've got of solving crimes and the more chance you've got of finding people, you leave it 12 hours. That's a significant window for things to go completely yeah. pear-shaped. And how, how, you know, how many resources does it really take to put out a bolo? Right? Exactly, exactly. It's not that it's not, it's not, not that difficult. It's not. Hey, you know, you're going to look for this girl, look for the yeah. car she drives. You know, if you see anything, then that's right. You know, look into it. And then, in you know, if in 12 hours she's still not home, then we go to the next phase. But they've got to do something to start with, not just nothing for 12 hours. It's just that yeah. just doesn't make any sense to me. No, I mean, by this point, like. It, who knows, like, what mind state she's in. Well, how far can you get in 12 and, hours? You can get quite a long way. Oh, you can get very far. So if something had yeah. happened to her and somebody's got her in the trunk of their car, you, they could be 12 hours, they could be in a complete another state. Oh, easily. So Numerous it's states ridiculous. Away, right? Exactly. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense to me why they would not do anything no, at doesn't. all. 
I don't like to bash law enforcement, but I do think that sometimes the laws that they have like, that we have in place in your country and in my country, they don't make sense. They they were written a long time ago, and they aren't up, you know, in keeping now with the way life is now, and 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 things now. And I think they do sometimes need an overhaul because they just don't work anymore. Yeah, I mean, I understand not not taking every single report and like putting you know, a ton of resources into every possible missing person, right? No, I get that, but yeah. in but certain it, situations yeah. where you have someone who is going through, is distressed, mm -hmm. I think you need to, you know, step back and go, okay, I think there's something to this. We need, need to look yeah. at this. We need to yeah. find this girl. She needs help. It's not as if she just had an argument with her mum and fallen out of her mum and she's gone missing. That I would say, okay, mm -hmm. she's probably just blowing off some steam, you know, it's not like you've come to me and said that there's blood somewhere or, you know, she's left her purse, her phone, everything behind because that's just weird for people to do. Um, okay, she's probably, you know, calling off. She's probably gone to a friend's house. Let me take the details of her. Let me take the details of her car. We'll just put out a bolo and we'll see what happens. And in 12 hours, if she's still not home, let's look at it again, at least. But for this one, purely just because of what she's been through, I'd say you need to kick into phase two straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in not getting any help from the police, um, Lori Michael would return home and begin making flyers with Ebby's description and their contact information. They would spread these flyers across the city, trying to reach as many people as possible. On Wednesday, October 28th, 2015, this is three days after Ebby was last heard from, a security card discovered a 2003 Volkswagen Passat abandoned in the parking lot near a wooded area in Chalamont Park, a small neighborhood park in West Little Rock. The security card would report the abandoned car to Little Rock police. After waiting two hours for officers to arrive, the sec security guard would leave for the day. The following day, the security guard would, would once again see the car and report it to Little Rock police. An hour later, a Little Rock police officer would arrive on scene and discover that the car did belong to Ebby Stepek. Oh, no. The car had an empty gas tank and a dead battery. The keys to the car had been left in the ignition. Inside the car, investigators would find Ebby's cell phone, purse, contact lenses, and various other personal items. Makeup from a makeup bag had been haphazardly scattered around the interior of the car. But there was no sign of Ebby anywhere. Investigators found no clues as to where she might have been. The car would be taken into police custody, where forensics were to pull fingerprints and to look for other potential clues. However, while the car sat in the police impound lot, an investigator left the trunk of the car open. Before any forensic examination of the car could be complete, a rainstorm went through the area, causing water damage to the car and to many of Ebby's belongings. Oh, no. This would make it impossible to use any of these items as evidence oh. or to, uh, due to the severity of the wet, the water damage. Bloody floods and water damage. What is it with those in cases? How many cases have we done where I we use that, that sentence? Unfortunately, none of the evidence could be used because the police station had a flood. And it's just so frustrating. I know. And this is... <sighs> Why would you leave the trunk open? Yeah, exactly. Why would you leave it open? Just Why shut would you it. do that? I don't... How inept do you have to be that you just, you lose potential evidence because you're just, you can't take a second to shut it. 
I understand that mistakes happen. I get it. Like they're just humans, but that is that's an unexcusable mistake or an inexcusable mistake. I should say, hundred percent preventable. It is completely hundred percent preventable. It's just that's just so everything. Everything in that car. I mean, anything that could have been in that car is just gone. Gone. What if, let's say hypothetically, what if she that car got to that location with with Ebby in the trunk? Yeah. Right? Everything in the trunk, gone. Any evidence in that trunk is just gone. It's just unbelievable, isn't it? That's really unbelievable. It is. It is. On November 3rd, 2015, this is just a week or so after um, after she went missing and her car was discovered. One of Ebby's friends, Kaylee Foley, and her mother, Margie, went to Shalomart Park to conduct their own search. As they searched the area, they would report, reportedly smell decompensation emanating from a drain in the parking lot where Ebby's car was found. Margie would call 911 three times before an officer responded to the call. After waiting for more than an hour, a Little Rock police officer arrived on scene and dismissed dismissed their concerns, stating that Little Rock police had already searched the area with cadaver dogs and nothing was found. So the smell must have been just a dead animal. I don't like the way this, where this is heading. You're not going to like where this is heading. For the first eight months of the investigation, Abby was simply listed as a runaway, as no signs of foul play or struggle were present inside or outside of her car. Okay. Now, by summer of 2017, Ebby's case would be reclassified as a missing person, and numerous searches were conducted in and around the area where her car was found. During one of the searches, a team looking for, looking through a remote wooded area of Little Rock stumbled across a site consisting of clothes, handcuffs, a skeletal leg bone, and a shoe that resembled one that a missing girl would wear. While initially believed to possibly be related to the case, it would later be determined that the leg bone belonged to an animal. Wearing a shoe? The shoe was near. No, so oh, the bone didn't say, have a shoe on. The show was in the shoes. area. Yeah. I see. Okay. Exactly. Sorry. I thought you meant it was I thought you meant <laughs> no. that like the leg bone had I'm a sorry, shoe on no. the end of it. And I was like, No, what? the shoe what? was just in the area. So oh, all the items were like kinda in the same general area. Right, okay. They weren't so but no, the shoe was not on the leg. Right. It okay. happened to be in the same area. Yeah. Okay? Now during the initial investigation uh, the case would be handed off to uh, new investigators numerous times. In reviewing how these initial investigators handled the case, numerous mi- mistakes can be found. For one thing, while the men accused of raping Ebby had been interviewed by police, no search was ever conducted on their phones for any video evidence of the reported rape. What? Exactly. So you're now, accused of something... Yeah, they don't do any searching of your data whatsoever to mm-hmm. see if you're lying. Because yeah. those guys aren't going to go, oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did rape her and we did Yeah, yeah, here you go. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, here's the video. I'm They're not show going you. to, no, are they? Not. Like, so during the interview, investigators would request that the phones be handed over mm. to police in order to be analyzed. But when all four of the men refused, no investigator decided to press the issue. Why would so you they refuse? Didn't, they, got nothing to hide why would you refuse exactly yeah exactly all four of them you know all four of them yeah that's ridiculous 
no no one in the police department, no investigators, no detectives ever tried to do something as simple as, I don't know, get a search warrant for the phones. Right? It never happened. Crazy. Basically, they said, no, you can't have our phone. And they said, okay. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Never mind. We move on. Yeah, it's horrific. The other thing is, is despite Susan's law, which requires law enforcement agencies to immediately notify the National Crime Information Center of missing persons uh, under the age of 21, mm. Ebby had not been reported. Why? I don't know. Okay, so Little Rock Police Department. Are we talking like a small town? I mean, because I, I don't know, I don't live there. This is the capital of Arkansas. Right. So we're not this talking. Is, I mean, it's we're not talking a, a little a, five person. No. You know, police station where you've got like no. your little sheriff and five deputies or whatever that you have. No, you not at there. all. So this is nope, a big scale police department with resources yeah. and experience of dealing with things like this. Yes. So this yeah. is totally unacceptable. Um, yeah. Absolutely yeah. unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't understand how this can be so shit, to be honest. I don't understand how this can be so bad. Like, there's multiple, and- multiple things wrong with this case. It's from the A start. A lot. Yeah, from the, be- from the very beginning. Would it surprise you if I tell you things only get worse? <sighs> It wouldn't surprise me, but I was hoping you wouldn't say that. It does. So another thing, there's been claims that that the police refused to check any of the cell phone towers that Ebby's cell phone had pinged when she made the call to her brother. And they they cited a lack of resources as the reason for not checking any of these towers. For So these four men or boys that she's yeah. accusing... Are any of yeah. their parents police officers by any chance? Don't know. Don't know. We don't know. I don't know anything about them. Because that would explain a lot if that's the case. Mm-hmm. It oh, would no, explain it would. a lot. Because it seems very strange to me. You've got a young girl that's gone missing that has mm-hmm. accused these people of raping her and videoing it. You interview them, yet you never follow up on the request to have their phones because they refuse. Why would they refuse? Mm-hmm. I would go straight. I mean, I'm not a police officer, but I would I would go for whatever I could get to make them hand over those phones. And I would have them yeah. looked at forensically to make sure that any deleted data, because you can, forensically, they can go back. Even if you've deleted data, they can find stuff that you've deleted. So I would have those those handsets forensically looked into. I would also look at mm-hmm. all the conversations between them because no yeah. doubt there is conversations between the four of them. I would look at their Facebooks. I would look at their Instagrams just to make sure 100% that, it's strange that all four of them have said, no, you're not having my phone. Okay, why? Exactly. If you're innocent, yeah. what have you got to lose? Exactly. So that would exactly. be the first thing I would have done. Well, the very first thing hiding? I would have done was issued a bloody bolo for her. Oh, yeah. no, no, absolutely. Right? Her parents must be just frantic with worry. They must be frustrated. They must be so angry because it feels like mm-hmm. the police are doing absolutely sod all to help her. And I hate yeah. that because I have a lot of respect for the police and I'm not police bashing and law enforcement bashing because I have a lot of respect for them. A lot of my friends are law enforcement officers, former law enforcement officers, and I know that they do their job because they want to keep people safe. They want to solve crimes. They want to help people. That's primarily the reason they become police officers. But since when are things so red tape and so 
you know, constrictive that they can't do the normal things to solve a crime, to help this girl and her family. It seems really strange to me. It seems like they just can't be bothered. That's how it looks. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Which is probably not the case, because they don't become police officers just because the pay is good. You know, they become police officers Mm -hmm. because generally they are good people that want to do good things and keep their community safe. Yeah. So I just don't understand this complete lack of... I just don't understand it. It's a complete lack of professionalism. It's a complete lack of policing. It's a lack of morals. It's just crazy. Yeah. I'm so mad. It's, it's, it is frustrating. It is extremely, In this case, I don't think there's anyone that looks into this case and doesn't get frustrated by the lack of urgency. Yeah. And I think you said it right, the lack of professionalism in this case. I understand that mistakes happen. There are things that sometimes out of your control, something will happen, a piece of evidence will get lost. I get it. We're all human. You know, we're not robots. You don't do things. Sometimes things go wrong. But this is something going wrong after wrong after wrong after wrong. You know, nobody seems to try and put anything right and rectify the situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, where's the, you know, the higher the people higher up that are stepping in and looking into this going, well, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's shocking. Right. It's really bad. Yeah. Now, the uh, Abby's family would actually hire a private investigator named Monty Vickers to look into Abby's disappearance on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Now, Vickers decided to begin by interviewing the security guard who discovered Abby's abandoned car. Despite being told by police that they had interviewed the security guard, Vickers would discover that the guard had never been interviewed. He had contacted the police department, but he had never heard back from them. Oh, my God. It just gets worse. And what about the drain? We'll get to that. Okay. We will get to that. Okay. Now, the security card uh, that that had seen Abby's car in the parking lot, the, uh, he actually saw it the night that she went missing. Okay. And then, the, then again the following day. Right. When the car was still there on the third night, that's when he decided to call the police. Yeah. So he saw the car three days in a row in the same location. Third day is still there. He calls the police. Now, security, the security guard would also tell Vickers that he had seen Abby with an unidentified black male in the parking lot on different occasions prior to her disappearance. He actually would record all of his rounds by a camera mounted on the dash of his car. Okay. Every night he would take the footage that was saved to, uh, that was saved on a thumb drive and upload it onto his computer. See, this guy, this is the guy. He's a good guy. He is. He's a really he good is. guy. Documented evidence. And if you go back to him and say, okay, I want to, were you doing a round on this date? Damn sure he could get on that computer and go, there, there it is. I mean, good yeah, work. He good could. work. He could. This is where I'm going to drop a however on you. Oh, no. However, he deleted it or there was a flood in his house. And the thumb drive got destroyed by water. Yes. In January 2016, he had gone home after making 
uh, making his rounds and plugged his thumb drive into the computer and got a message that the computer did not recognize the device. Okay. After taking the computer in for repairs, he was told that his computer was fried and that he should just get a new one. No. Both the computer and the thumb drive were were scrapped. Ah, oh, that's but that's not because he's been negligent. That's unfortunate. No. That's just an unfortunate thing that's happened. This guy has not been negligent in the fact that he's left it on the dashboard and it's melted. You know, it's unfortunately, yeah. you know, technology lets us down. Not but, his but fault. This was three months. This yeah. is three months that the police could have talked to him. Yeah. Could have found out that he had security footage. Yeah. Could have gotten the thumb drive. Could have gotten his computer. Could have went through all of his, his video yeah. footage. Could have already had it. And and yeah, they would have had it, but they didn't. So so by Jan- January, February of 2016, any potential video evidence of gone. Abby being in the parking lot, Abby being in the parking lot with someone else is, just, is gone. Yeah. I mean, that's just cr- the last person to see her car or the person to report her car. Why aren't you talking to this guy? Why not? Exactly. Yeah. I tell you what, if I was their superiors, I'd be coming down on them like a ton of bricks. I'd want to know damn sure what the hell they think they're doing. Yeah, you would think that would happen, right? Yeah, damn right it should. But after hearing the numerous issues surrounding this investigation, yeah, it shouldn't surprise you or anyone listening to this that the relationship between Ebby's family and Little Rock Police Department was less than cordial. Well, okay? I would think so, quite rightly too. Yeah. Now, with the lack of urgency shown by police in their investigation the relationship between the two sides would grow more and more toxic as time mm. went on. Now, this would lead to investigators requesting that Lori and Michael Jernigan themselves actually take polygraph tests. While Lori and Michael had previously been willing to submit to a polygraph examination, by the time they were asked, they were they no longer trusted the police department. I and can understand refused. that. Yeah, I can understand that. Yep. Now, after refusing to take a polygraph, the couple were called into separate two-hour interviews where investigators aggressively worked the angle that Michael was complicit in, if not responsible for Ebby's disappearance. Okay, and what evidence do they have to base that assumption on? They don't have any evidence. But they must have a reason to think that he's involved. So what I would want to know, what exactly have you got to think that I'm involved in this? Because so far, you've just, been pretty shocking with all of your other investigations. You've missed leads. You've, you've, mm-hmm. you know, you've missed huge leads in this case. And now it feels as if you're resorting to like, well, we've got to do something. So let's haul the mum and dad's asses in. So yeah, I would want, if I was their attorney, which I'm obviously not qualified as, but I would want to know what the hell they've got to, to, to lead them to this conclusion. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the only thing they would have would be the text messages between Michael yeah. and Abby. Yeah. And the fact that he was supposed to to see her the night, well, the night before she goes missing, right? Yeah. The last time she, the night before she, she talks to her brother. Yeah. He, he, was, he was supposed to meet with her. Yeah. But you would think that in her talking to her brother Trevor, then, okay, we know that they didn't meet up. And we know that we they know didn't that kill she, her because he's talked to her, they didn't kill her brother. Her. She's not missing. That's right. So, so there's really nothing. There's nothing to go on. I think this is just an easy thing. Like, well, let's just go to the parents. Nothing else. We we don't have any other information. We don't have no no other evidence. 
I mean, you do. I mean, the first thing you would do is look at the family, look at the relationship between the yeah, family, okay, look at the, sure. mom, the dad, the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend, the brother, the sister-in-law, whoever. You look at that first, mm-hmm. but they don't seem to have done anything. I don't think it doesn't make sense to me. This whole thing is is very unlike a normal investigation. It just seems all wrong. Yeah. You know, there are yeah. procedures. It doesn't seem like they followed the standard procedures for for things at all. It doesn't it doesn't make it much sense. I don't understand no, how it can look. be so wrong. You know, all of it so wrong. No, right. Yeah. Yeah. Now on February twelfth, twenty eighteen, Lori would end up filing a complaint hmm. with the Little Rock Police Department alleging a captain, a lieutenant, and a sergeant had sent her threatening text messages had yelled at her during questioning and had refused to update her on the case during the early days of the investigation. Now she was able to submit recordings of conversation, text message threads, emails, and provide witnesses as evidence. When asked why she waited to file the complaint, Lori stated that she felt that she could be retaliated against and waited until the case had been transferred to, uh, transferred to new detectives in another department. Which makes sense, right? Yeah. Now, an investigation was con- conducted by department administrators, and it was found that there was insufficient evidence of any mistreatment. <laughs> okay. However, it was noted that the officers implicated in these in this complaint mm. were no longer with the major crimes unit, so they had been transferred out of the major crimes unit. Interesting. Yes. Now, uh, like I said, she had actually waited for this case to be transferred to detectives in another department. This did occur back in May 2017 when the investigation was reassigned from major crimes to the homicide division. This is two years after she's gone missing. Uh, it's like a, it's about a year. Well, no, let me think. Year and a half, year roughly. Year and a half, okay. Yeah. So it's quite a substantial yeah, amount of time. Yeah, that's when they actually transferred it uh, from major to crimes homicide. to homicide. Okay. okay. Now, cadaver dogs will once again be dispatched to Shalimont Park, but they were unable to pick up uh, Ebby's scent. Okay. Now, back in 2018, this was on May 23rd, 2018, investigators from the Little Rock Cold Case uh, Department um, and F- in uh, the FBI would once again conduct a search of Shalimont Park. With the assistance of the Public Works Department, investigators used video cameras attached to robots to search a drainage pipe. After first entering at the top of the drain, near where the car was found, the robot hit an obstruction approximately 70 feet down. They would then go into the drainage pipe the other way and hit another obstruction about 130 feet in. While neither obstruction were human remains, it did pique the interest of the investigators, and it was decided that the pipe should be excavated. Once the pipe was excavated and investigators could get into it, they were quickly able to find human remains. Ebby's family w- was notified of the discovery and the remains were sent to the state crime lab where they were determined to be those of the missing girl. The remains had been about 60 feet from where her car was discovered. While the med- medical examiner found a preliminary cause of death, it has never been publicly released. No, and I can see why. I get that. Yes. Now, with Ebby's remain being found, hundreds gathered for her m- memorial service at Christ Community Church on the campus of the Little Rock Christian Academy 
Instead of flowers, the family asked that donations been made to the nonprofit's Halos Investigations, which is dedicated to locating missing and trafficked children, and Thorn, an international anti-human trafficking organization that works to address the sexual exploitation of children. On, number, on November 4th, 2018, Ebby's family and friends planted a treat in Charlemont Park in a move to show that she would never be forgotten. The event was held by Halos Investigations, which also promised to make donations to safe houses in Ebby's memory. So unfortunately, this case is still um, still open. Police have stated that, that it is an active investigation and not a cold case. Um, I want to talk to you real quickly. I sent you before we started um, basically a Google Street View mm. of the area where her car was found and specifically the drainage, um, the location where the, the drainage pipe is um, is located. Yeah. And if you see, first off, there's the only way into that drainage pipe for, I think, for a human to get in would be that um, I don't want to call a lid. What would you call that? Like a manhole cover. Yeah, the manhole cover. Yeah, so there's a manhole cover. So and right away, I'm thinking she had to have been put in there. I couldn't imagine if she were to go in there herself, she would have to lift that manhole She's not going to do that. No, that's ridiculous. Get down in there and then replace the manhole cover on top. Yes, yeah, so that's not going to happen. Not, no. It's not going to happen. No. Second off, I, the the where the the drainage, the entry point of the drain, where water is going to drain into the pipe, mm. that's way too small for her body to, no, to she's go not gonna, through. No, she's so not it's not like she's going to float into it. No. I. So it's taken two women, two civilian mm. women, to go to this location. And to smell decomposition, to put two and two together, and to act actually um, correctly place where that young girl's body is. Yes. So the police officer that turned up, that mm-hmm. says no, she, the, you know, the cadaver dogs were here, and it's probably just a dead animal. That's not. That's not acceptable. That it's probably dead. No. You've got to check. It it probably would have been a dead animal, but it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't might matter. not have this been. Is lo- yeah, this it's- is a location where a missing person's car was found. Yeah, and the fact that you can actively smell decomposition, which is a smell that you will never forget if you've ever smelt it. It's a yeah. very, very distinctive, unforgettable smell. And mm-hmm. a human body that is, you know, decomposing in a sewer... That's that's going to be pretty disgusting. It's not a nice smell. And there is no. no excuse for the fact that he has said, oh, it's probably an animal. That's There's no excuse for that. That guy should be oh. fired. That's There's no, there's no excuse for Easily. that. That should have been yeah. checked. And that would have been so close to when she actually went missing. There could have yes. been all sorts of different evidence on her body at that time that could have helped to solve this case. And because no, they've right. been because they've been absolutely shocking, vital evidence has gone missing just purely because they can't do the jobs properly. This is, I feel so bad for her parents because, I mean, it feels like your child's 
life and your child's, you know, this is all in their hands. They're the professionals. They should mm-hmm. be doing a bloody good job. They should be working hard to find out what's happened to her. And so far, they've been absolutely rubbish. Yeah. How much effort would it have taken for the police officer to say, okay, well, let me take a look. Yes. Open that man yes. cover. Yeah. Manhole cover, right? Flash, got a flashlight, looked in there. Let's just get someone to check it. Found her body right there. Exactly. What is what is the harm of checking? There's no harm mm-hmm. of checking and being wrong. It's better to do that and be wrong than it is to leave it and then this happen. Because this is exactly what yeah. you don't want it this, to be. This was what, nine days after she Exactly. Exactly. Right? And then she's found so the what, a year and a half? Uh, two and a half. No, there, two and a half. Two years. and a half years. So all that evidence that was on her body in those nine days that she was gone, lay there is all gone. It's oh, it's so frustrating. It's washed away. Washed away. I just feel for her family so so much. You know, to have a child that's going through stuff like that must have been horrific. And the fact that you can't do anything to help, and then you go to the people that should be able to do something to help, and they are of no help to you. What are you supposed to do? How helpless would you feel because of that? Oh, absolutely. Like, what can you do? The people that, that are there to help and to, and to help you are just, are they aren't providing the help you need. That's right. And, you know, it's just, oh, it's just awful. It's really bad. I mean, there, there's so many things with this case that just, that just, like, tear me apart. Like, while they, you know, before they were able to find her body... You know, the the family were just being tormented by, like, social media comments and people yeah. messaging them. Yeah. There'd be people messaging them saying, yeah, I know that Abby, you know, she's been taken by a group of men and she's working at a prostitute. There there were people who made face, fake Facebook profiles claiming to be Abby, writing her mom, saying, hey, this is Abby, I'm okay, I'll be home soon. Why do people why do, do people do that? That's really strange, isn't it? Like, why do stuff like that? It's what kicks do you strange. get out of it's that? It's a really horrible. weird thing to do stuff like that. To torment a family that's devastated because their, but it their happens. daughter's gone and missing? It happens a lot. All the time. Like, it happens a All lot. All the time. I mean, who sits there and thinks, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up a profile of that girl that's that's died or that's gone missing, and I'm going to write to her mum. I mean, why would you do that? What's wrong with you? The problem, the thing that I think should be done with this case now is that this case should be used to when they are um, training new officers as the case. This is what you do not do. (laughs) This is how the police department can turn a case to absolute shit in not not even nine days. You know, this is what you don't do. This is unacceptable. This is what we don't do. You you fail to to check for the body nine days after she was missing, right? You, not the body, you, you fail to check on the smell emanating from a drainage pipe 60 feet from where her car was, okay? Yeah. You fail to, to shut a trunk. You lose at potential evidence yeah. because it's it rains. You fail to... to to look into the cell phones of four boys who are uh, accused of raping the girl. You fail to interview the security guard. You fail to, to, to get 
video potential video evidence that the security guard has. There's, there's just so It's just failure after failure after failure after failure. What did they do right in this case? Because so far, there doesn't seem to be anything that they've actually done right. Here's the thing, too. I mean, at this point, it's and they have lost so much evidence or overlooked so much evidence. I don't know where they go from, you know, from this point. But even if they do find something that, like, can incriminate a person in the in a potential murder of every step hack, isn't there? Haven't the the police now created a situation where there's enough for a defense team to go? Well, look at how ineffective they are, and look how many mistakes they are. How how can you how can you not say that that this evidence that they have against my client is in a mistake too? Yeah. I mean, you how do we know that they're, they're... a defense pros- a defense attorney would have a field day with this because they've been so bad all the way through? Yeah, they would have an absolute field day with this. Did they ever issue an apology to her family? They did. They did Good. issue an apology. Finally, Good. they issued an apology. Not that it makes any it makes anything's better, but I'm glad that at least they got an apology. I mean, that is the very, very least they could do. Oh, definitely. For family. Yeah. The very least. They and so the case, this case from day one. The case is still unsolved, and it's but it's still active. Still unsolved. I'd like to see active. Yeah. What they mean by active? How often are they actually looking back into this? Who knows? I mean, they say there's an active case. They say it's not a cold case. They said it's an active investigation. But yeah, so I'd like to see how active how active active is. What what is this? Yeah, it you know, would be interesting. I would like to, be to speak to them and say, okay, it's quite clear that this has just been full of you know. I don't know, just just full of holes, just full of mistakes. What are you doing now? What? How active are you? I know it's an active case, but mm-hmm. what exactly? What do you mean by active? Have you got one officer looking at this every couple of months? Have you got a team of people looking back over this? How active actually are you? Mm-hmm. So are there yeah, leads no, you that you're following right. up? Are you still looking at those four lads? You know, have you gone through other things? Have you looked at their character? You know, other people mm-hmm. at the party that were there at the party that night. It's too late. I mean, it's too late now. People, you know, but then I don't think it's ever too late, to be fair. That's 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 untrue. It's never too late. People's allegiances shift. Not. It does. And so I they mean, should still be actively talking to every single person at that party. Mm-hmm. You know, they should be talking to those. Because there has to, to be more people that know what happened. Totally. Right? Yeah. There has to be more people that know, and I don't understand why, why no one from the party has come forward. So yeah, I know, you know, I saw her walking into a room with yeah, so and so and so and so. The thing is, you, I don't think all four of them would all four of them video this, or is this one video that they've circulated, or are all four of them videoing? Uh, yeah. That's the other question. I couldn't. Yeah. Are we talking yeah. about one video? Or are we talking about four? Mm-hmm. Because that's also why have they videoed that? They videoed it to circulate it. So who have they sent it to? Exactly. You know, here's the thing. That's the I thing. mean, yeah, other people ha- have to have it. If if that's what they've done, is it one video that's been forwarded on, or is it four different videos that each boy has then either kept to themselves or they forwarded to other friends? I'm not a teenage boy. I don't know back then. I don't know whether that would be something no. they would send. You know around, what? But my 
my gut tells me that they weren't taking this just for their own enjoyment. I, I feel like they were taking this and they would have it's just for bragging, passed it around it? the other it's bragging, bragging rights. It was, yeah. But the Why way she described it is the way she said she felt like she was taken advantage of. So was this? Yeah. did this start out as a consensual thing that she just got too far in and couldn't get herself out of and she's got to a point she's got to a point where she's thinking shit i don't like this i don't want to do this anymore but she feels like she can't say anything because there's four of them is that the case or is it that it started off with one boy and that's that's Mm -hmm. what you have to try and because she must have spoken about it because she went to the police station with her with her stepdad so she must have described what happened and the fact that she said you know i felt like I was being taken advantage of. That's yeah. that's quite that's a quite a key phrase, really. It is, yeah, because you don't have to say the word "no." Don't have to come in your mouth to make it to to make it an assault, right? You could be you could be in a situation that you feel physically helpless to go against it, and that's still assault. That's still rape. That's right, but they the thing is if if it was a consensual thing to start with, but she's got herself yeah. into the thing where she she feels like she can't say anything. So she's not it's happy an with it. Exactly. Oh no, definitely still an assault. But if if it depends on what the situation is from how you look at it. If she's feeling like she can't say no, she can't she she can't make it look like she's not enjoying what's going on because she feels threatened, yeah. then she must have explained that. She must have explained that to somebody. There must have been. She must have explained what actually happened because she's gone to her stepdad yeah. and said, "Look, I, I something has happened last night. Can you come to the police station with me? I feel like they took advantage of me." So was this that actually it was a one-on-one thing, and then another boy came in, and then she's out of her yeah. depth and she doesn't want to do it anymore, but she feels like she can't yeah. say no because yeah, yeah. she's because she's stuck. Yeah. And yes, this is still an assault, but for them. They've then heard afterwards, oh, shit, now we're in trouble. You know, they've taken videos because that's what they, they're doing there. And it's not like they've grabbed her, thrown her in there and, and raped her. She's feeling like, oh, shit, I've got myself into a situation I can't get out of. I don't want to do this. And mm-hmm. then now, you know, that she's, it's, you know, it's gone too far. It's gone too far for her and she doesn't want to do it. So yeah. what are these videos for? How did the videoing come about? It needs to be invested. It just needs to be investigated. It, yeah. Someone needs to look into this, you know? They have her phone, so they they should know, like, who she was texting and what she was texting about. Exactly. Right? She's talked to somebody about it, hasn't she? Because she's gone to a grown-up, like, a, a, you know, her stepdad, and said, can you come to the police with me? It's just, and she's texted those boys. What was the conversation? We know that she had texted these boys to say, what did she say? That's the other thing. What did she say to them? And what did they say to her? Exactly. What was the conversation? It's just crazy. What were they, the more, more important thing is, is what were they saying to each other? Exactly. Because you get their text. Yes. Get their text and say, Hey, you need to get rid of that video. Yes. Because that's probably what's happened. Yeah. You know, I've just got a text from Ebby. This is what she said to the next boy, to the next boy to, in a group chat. Yeah. Like what? You need to investigate it. I don't understand yeah. why they didn't. I just don't so get simple. it. It's like you say, hey, you need to get rid of it. Or, hey, did you send this video to anyone else? Tell them to get rid of it. So do because- we know, you know, these four boys, do we know, are any of those a black boy? 
We don't know. We don't know anything about him. Okay, so we don't know if one of the boys had met her at the car because the security guard said he saw her with a black male. Mm-hmm. So we, we yeah. don't know. But obviously the police know who they are. So the police will know yeah. if one of them's a black male. Yeah. Now, the, the, the security guard had stated um, also that he did see her with multiple people. I don't know if this was the night that she went missing. Yeah. But she had been seen at different times with with at least I think it was either three like three guys different guys possibly right um so this seems like a place where she would go often and meet meet up with people right and it was a park that she was familiar with yeah she had a friend that lived close by and so that park also I believe had a like a community swimming pool and so her and a friend would go there you know in the summer to swim so this was a place that she was familiar with and it sounds like this is a place that she would go and meet up with people this case could have been solved. This case could have been solved if they'd just done the jobs properly. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Poor yeah. That that security guard could easily yeah. have video of yeah. Evie sitting in her car with someone else. Yeah. He stated he saw her in the car with someone else. Yeah. If he's driving by on his rounds, that person could easily have been in a video. I just don't understand why they didn't even talk to him. You know, the guy's phoning up saying, I've got, I've got, you know, yeah, I've, got this car. I've got this information about this car that's still here. And they've just gone, ah, eh, okay, thanks for that. Well, because at that point, they still think she's a runaway. But even if she's a runaway, it doesn't, if someone has information about a runaway, you still go and look, you know, check up on it. But that's the thing, isn't it? Surely when this guy calls in and says, I keep seeing this car here, it's been parked here for three days now. Here's a license plate number. Surely running that license plate number will ping up, oh, this is the car of a missing girl. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take... Yeah. Einstein to put these pieces together. I just don't understand. This is the most frustrating case. Yeah. We shouldn't be, honestly, I don't think we should be even talking about it. I mean, if things were done properly, we shouldn't be talking about this case right now as a unsolved case. No, that's right. And the worrying thing is that this person, because obviously she was killed because we know that she was murdered because she didn't go down there on her own. Um, so we know mm-hmm. that she was murdered. They know that she was murdered from the reports that they've got back. So this person is still out, out there. This person is still walking around doing their daily daily life, mm-hmm. you know, and that must be just horrific for her family to think that the person that did that to their baby is still free. And I think it, it says a lot that the cause of death was never released publicly. That says a lot about this case. Well, I think that I th- I, un- I can understand why and agree with why they don't, because only the killer is going to know how she was killed. Exactly. And so if they yeah. do release that, that could jeopardize any future mm-hmm. um, prosecution. Exactly. So it was obviously exactly. something quite significant in that, you know, that person mm-hmm. would know, wouldn't they? Yeah. Oh, it's just horrible. It's really horrible. I hate cases like this. When it's all preventable, you know, this whole yeah. anguish for the yeah. family, this dragging out of this, all finding her body. It's just, it's, it's very frustrating to listen to. She, she was an 18 year old girl who was trying to find herself and yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, it's sad. It's absolutely sad. She deserves a hell of a lot better than what she got. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, thank you for this week's case. That was very interesting, although very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. Hopefully in the future we'll be able to bring you an update on that one and we'll be able to tell you that they've got the they've got the guy that did this to her. Fingers crossed. 
So if you are a regular listener, you know that at the end of our episodes, because they are quite frankly horrible most weeks, um, we do like to lift your mood a little bit and we do a segment called Dumb Criminal. Hey, criminal, use a dummy. This week's criminal is a dummy. In fact, <laughs> I would go as far to say they're an absolute idiot. So Ooh, I'm excited for this one. A thief from San Francisco was peddling his push bike along a sidewalk, okay? okay, or pavement in England. And a lady was walking along the sidewalk with her iPhone in her hand. So yeah. as he rides up towards her, he gets a bit closer. He grabs the iPhone out of her hand and then rides away. Now, unknown to him, this woman was in the middle of demonstrating the iPhone's new GPS tracking service. <laughs> which worked because the thief was then captured minutes later <laughs> with her oh, phone in man. his hand. <laughs> I was like, of all the people you could have stolen their phone, it would have had to have been the woman who is demonstrating the new GPS tracking service from iPhone. <laughs> Come on, guy. But yeah, what an idiot. So yeah, he was apprehended and then he was charged. <laughs> so all because he just picked the wrong lady. So next time thieves. Have a look at the people you're actually about to steal things from and know better. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that one. I thought that was a really good one. That's it's nice to one. think yeah. that thieves sometimes do get apprehended and caught really quickly because they're just that silly. Yes, they are. Well, thank you very much well, for joining us much. this week. We will be back next week with another um, case. Next week's will be my case. So for now, be nice. And bye. Thank you.